the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Let's go ahead and just jump into the message this morning. Are you hungry for God? I can tell that I'm in a room full of people that are just hungry for the Lord. Um, so let's just open up in prayer. Father, we just we just ask you, uh, we come before your throne of grace, Lord, with boldness, and we ask you to just speak to our hearts today. I pray that this message that I've studied for, I've, I've studied and I've, I've uh, been diligent, Lord, to, to just, just really get into your word and, and cry out to you, Lord, and I just pray that you would make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer that would write your word on the hearts of your people, Father. I pray that this message will literally uh, help people just get over some baggage. We all carry baggage. And Lord, I just, I just am believing you. I'm believing in faith that today people are going to be set free and that people are going to um, just come to know just how big you are in light of their situations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, 1 Samuel 10, 22 talks about when King Saul, it was his ordination day. It was on King Saul's ordination day uh, in second in 1 Samuel 10, 22, they couldn't find him. And you know why? Because he was hiding among his own baggage, literally. He was over there. Here's King Saul's big day. He's about to step into his destiny. And do you know that so many times, many of us, God brings us up to this point in our life, and we're about to step into our destiny, but yet fear can paralyze us, right? Because we start thinking maybe perhaps like how Saul did about our own not-enoughness, you know? It's part of the human condition. None of us feel like we're enough. Because, you know, if you really knew, because we all got baggage. Anybody else in this room other than me have, ba- have some baggage? Three of you. Awesome. So um, the rest of you guys can help us out. But, you know, speaking of baggage, you know, Saul was hiding behind his own baggage. They couldn't find him. And it was time for his, this was his day. This was his moment. So, because, you know, make no mistake about it, when God has actually got his hand on you and is guiding you and leading you, and it is really your time to step in to more of what he has called you to, and I believe that that is the case of this church right now, corporately. And so if it's the case for this church right now, guess what? It's probably the case for many of you on an individual level as well. So every devil in hell right now is really nervous when they when they hear the name Passion Church. Because Passion Church is a plan of God for South Haven, Mississippi. And you're connected to Passion Church. So therefore you are a threat to the enemy. And so so but I'm telling you as you begin to, to charge ahead into all that God's called you to be and do like the scripture says, to press toward the prize of the high calling of Christ. Amen? When you press toward the prize, you know, I used to run track and I was in basketball and I know what it's like to run 
and run miles and miles and miles. And I, and I, and I, I remember the pain that's involved in that. You know, when you're running, it's just not easy, you know. And so, um, so I just kind of wanted to just express to you guys this morning that here's the deal. Somebody is waiting on the other side of your obedience. So you get right up to that place like Saul on that day. Don't go hide behind your baggage because we've all got baggage. You know, I, I think about this. This is kind of a silly little example, but my husband and I uh, went to Boston a few weeks ago, and we got to the counter. You can picture this probably with me. I'm sure this has never happened to any of you guys. But I got up to the check-in counter, and um, they put my bag on the scale, and it was over by seven pounds. So there my husband's like, oh. he's like, we have to open it up get all embarrassed of what all, you know, your personal stuff everywhere, going everywhere. I had to take seven pounds out, put it in his bag, because, of course, he had plenty of room, because I had too much baggage. And that's what happens. It slows us down. It slowed down the process. We were in a process of getting from Mobile, Alabama to Boston. You know, we had a destination. We had a plane to catch. Uh, we had, and, and it slowed down the process because I had too much baggage. But I'm telling you this morning, I believe that as a result of his word that we're going to study together today, I believe that we're going to lay off those weights that so easily beset us. And, you know, for some of us, it might be drugs. For some of us, it might be the church gossip lady that keeps everything stirred up around here. You know, like I, I've run all those off for my church. We used to have several. None of them are left. But um, so anyway, that's another story. Probably had something to do with some of my baggage, too, that didn't set well with their baggage, you know, but anyway, so, but that's another topic for another time. But my point is, whatever your baggage is, you know, God can help us. And it's so cool. Like they were saying earlier, we are a family. This is a family. And, and it, and so we're going to get to that family part in just a minute. But, um, I just want to encourage you that if you are maybe question your own abilities, question your motives, question your character, if you can even, if, you know, if, if, if you can even trust yourself with what God's calling you to do, because we all know ourselves, you know, we know what we're really thinking when nobody else knows what we're thinking, right? And so, but listen, God is not a man that he should lie. He is not mocked. And if he called you and if he trusts you, you are who he says you are. I love that song. That song was so perfect. That was like the Holy Ghost or something, just, you know, setting all that up with the message today. Good job picking that song, Kaylee, or whoever picked it. But, like, you know what? Um, it's, we fight our battle. We know how to fight our battles. It's the other song. The, um, what was the main thing? It was, yes, no, the other song. Yes. Yes, no, never mind. Okay, anyway. So anyway, but it was, it's about who I am. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. Yes, yes. I, yes, I really want to break out into song, but I won't do that to you. Um, I could, if I start singing it, I would, I would know, but I, I just couldn't do that. But you know, it's cool. The Lord gave us, our church, a word. He always gives my husband kind of a word um, for each year. 
I think a couple years ago, it was the year of the upgrade. And it was amazing how just the Lord just upgraded people constantly in life. People were getting their new, their kitchens redone. And just, it was just like it happened. Like really what the Lord said actually came to pass in like our, everybody's life in our church. It made amazing how that happens. And then this year it's breakthrough. And so this is the year of the breakthrough. And I just, you know, I was thinking about that with this, about getting up to your place of stepping into what God's called you to do and, and you know, not get hiding behind your baggage, but instead breaking through that baggage. Amen? When that baggage is, I just picture, like, all of us, like, I wish I could have, like, brought up a bunch of baggage around here and, like, had to, like, you know, try to get through it and climb. I could just see, in my mind, I just see each of you climbing up on top of that baggage. Amen? And getting it under your feet, which is where it belongs. And so I just want you to get that picture in your mind. Because, uh, but the thing about breakthrough that we didn't think about, you know, you just think breakthrough, yes, we need to break through our situations. But guess what? If you think about it like a big piece of glass and you're breaking through it or a big wall, the first hit on that wall doesn't feel good. And that's kind of what this first quarter of this year for us has kind of felt like. And we're like, but Lord, you said breakthrough, right? And so I just want to encourage you, you know, when you try to go out into your life, even this week, and take the word and be a doer of this word this morning, you might be met with a little opposition. But you know what? That's okay because you just keep hitting it and you keep hitting it and you're going to break through because he never fails. Amen? Amen. So uh, the second part of getting over your baggage is realizing that to God, it's always been about family. And do you know the only time that any of us, it's interesting because where do most of us get our baggage from? Our family. You know, when I was a kid and you lay down and talk to the therapist and they, you know, try to help you work through your childhood, right? And so like, but, uh, but you know, the only reason that any of our families are dysfunctional or we have baggage from our family, the only time that the only reason that ever happened is because at some point in our family history, somebody decided to make it more about their name than his name. Because if you go all the way back to the garden, it was all about family. You know, God knew that all of this horrible stuff was going to happen in this world. But it was worth it to him to have us, to have family. He created us for family. That's why we need connection, you and I, as much as we need our next breath. That's why you're here this morning. You're here this morning to connect to God and to connect to each other. Because he put that in your DNA to need connection. It's always been about family. Have you ever thought about this? You're generally only as happy as your least happy relationship. You know why? Because it's he made us to need each other. We are a family. And so the way that you can overcome that situation of that, you know, even if you have a bad situation going on relationally, as long as you keep this relationship you got to focus on this relationship, and this stuff just can work itself out, <laughs> you know, and he can help work that out, right? So as long as we make this relationship number one, and then it's amazing how 
either the, either we begin to walk in, in proper boundaries with these relationships and you can love me or leave me or, but I'm going to be happy anyway. Like my, there's, that's kind of part of that whole thing in my book. Um, but, or you can, it'll also just start if you're get this relationship, right. And this family relationship, right. As a child of God, understanding who you are and that it's about his name. Because when we, you know, why would I want to make life about my name and, and be, you know, self-absorbed? Because I can't cast out devils in my name. I can't heal the sick in my name. I can't, you know, cause mountains to just be leveled into a plane and just go straight through in my name. But in his name, in his name, we can overcome any obstacle because you know what love never fails and god is love that goes back to that family thing see how that's all connected see that's why faith works by love because it was always about family and you want to get over your baggage probably from your family <laughs> um then realize that when you became born again you have a new family. You have a family free of baggage. And that, I mean, I know this is your family of God, and we all got some baggage from before. But guys, if we would make it about his name, if we would live our life according to the name of Jesus, and just we would walk above all of that stuff, we, we would be walking, it was just like, just, just like all this baggage, where before it was like, you know, this huge stack of baggage but it's different if you're up on top of it and jumping over it. Amen. And the name of Jesus will help you do that. So I hope that that just really pumps you up and gets you uh, understanding. So, you know, turn with me, if you would, to Genesis 11, verse 4. It says this. It says, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. You know the story about uh, Babylon. You know, that is what happened. That's where uh, that spirit of Babylon, which includes the worst sins out there, you know. And there is this world that we live in. There's kind of a spirit of Babylon. Wouldn't you agree right now in the world system where anything goes and, you know, everything? I won't get all controversial because it can turn political in a half a second, and I'm not going to go there. But I'm just saying this world we live in needs Jesus in such a huge way right now because there's a spirit of Babylon out there where anything goes and everything's okay, right? And you know why? And it's because this generation that's coming up right now, they're called Generation Z. And one thing I've noticed, because my oldest is right is a millennial, my youngest is a Z. This Z generation, I wish I could say what's in my head right now, but I can't. But um, self-control, love, Jesus. Um, but like, no, it's just, uh, it, it's not bad. It's just maybe a little bit inappropriate. But, um, but anyway, so baggage. <laughs> uh, but this Z generation is crazy. I'll just say it that way. They're like us 80s rock and roll babies times 10. 
They don't care about the whales. They don't, they're done with the environment a little bit, like the millennials want to save the, the dolphins, and, you know, the millennials want to be nice to everybody, and, and let's just be nice, because they had us rock and roll 80s for parents that we were just kind of in your face, whether it was for Jesus or Bon Jovi, you know, and so, like, but we're just in your face. And so then the millennials, so we raised a bunch of nice millennials, like, I don't want to be a jerk like my parents, right? But then the next generation coming up is like, these millennials need to get out of our way because they're just too nice and they're not getting anything done. And bless God, we're going to get something done. And like, there is no God. Science is everything. And they're in your face about that there is no God. And it's all about education and science. And they're, and they're like, screw God. There goes that inappropriate thing. Sorry. But like every religious devil just fled the room. So, um, but you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with out there. It's a spirit of Babylon. And so what that word means, it's called anti-Eden. Because remember, it was all about family. And think about the spirit of Babylon that's out in this world right now. It's very anti-family. It's not about reproduction, if you know what I mean. And so... Um, their way, their, their way that they're going, there is no reproduction. Um, and you know what it means? It means chaos. Would you agree with me that there's a world of chaos that's trying to even attack our own families and our own, um, our own communities, right? So here's the cool thing is that it is time for us as the church and you as an individual called by the name of God, using the power of the name of God to reverse that chaos. Who's in with me? Who's ready to reverse that chaos of this world? You know, because here's the thing. When we walk in our authority in the name of Jesus, we're not so focused on our baggage. We get our eyes off of our baggage and we get our eyes on the purpose of God for our lives. So then not only are we not just drudging through life, making it another day. How are you? I'm making it. No, how are you? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not belief. I'm winning. Hashtag winning. All we do is win, win, win. That's what faith looks like. That's what this church looks That's how this, you know, people start talking around here about, nah, 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 nah. I wish this was, I don't like the posters. I don't like this. Nah, 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 nah. You know, just overcome that negativity because that per- that just, that's just baggage. And just go, all we do is win, 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 you know? <laughs> because you know what? That author- there's, there's love in the power, in, in the name of Jesus. There's joy in the name of Jesus. Amen? And so I just kind of wanted to encourage you this morning that, yes, there's chaos in the world. But like they said earlier, this is our family. I feel like the Lord gave me some uh, sort of some... Uh, revelation about the local church just this week I preached at our church on Wednesday night with our ladies ministry and uh, and I talked about sisterhood and in studying that and family you know because sisters are part of a family right I realized you know this local church is like an immediate family in the body of Christ and then like my church in Mobile you know we're like cousins you know we're extended family right So you come see us, 
You know, I come here, I want to look extra good. I really wanted to get my nails done. Didn't happen. Not enoughness. You know, all that. But I'm going to pass through that baggage of not enoughness because I didn't get my nails done. I hope you'll accept me anyway. You know, that's what happens when you go to like extended families, right? When extended family, you might clean up the house a little bit more. When my son's coming home, I don't care how the house looks. He can wash the dishes in my dreams. No, but like, but you know, but here... This is the local church. This is immediate family. This is where we need to have each other's back. Amen. And, you know, each family, as I was praying, I, and, and thank you, Lord, that just bringing this back to my remembrance. I wasn't sure if he would or not because it wasn't in my notes. But um, each family has its own culture. And so, you know, when Garrison, I hate to embarrass you, son, but like when he was in second grade, his teacher, I don't know what kind of idiot teacher would ask second graders this question. No, I'm kidding. She would laugh if I, I mean, we're friends anyway, but she goes, she's like, you just call me an idiot. No kids. If you're in the, you should be in children's church, but if you're not, sorry that I just said that word, the bad I word. Sorry. My husband says I shouldn't say that word. Um, baggage. I'm still, we're all a work in progress, right? So, um, but, but anyway, so this teacher proceeds to ask her second grade class, who in here, uh, your parents yell at you? First hand goes up. It's Garrison. My mama yells at me all the time. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Garrison. So like, so that was, that was really the culture of our home due to my baggage. I can blame my parents, you know, let's blame, right? That's what we all need to do, right? But like, so, but, but we do set culture. So I've worked really hard. I don't yell as much, do I, Garrison? Yes, praise you, Jesus. See, thank you. He answered right. Are you telling the truth? Okay, yes, okay. So I really don't. I mean, I'm not perfect, but what used to be a weekly occasion or a daily occasion, you know, got down to about a monthly, you know, lose it, mom lose it occasion. And then, you know, maybe every few months. And now, you know, I may go really nuts a, a time or two a year. And, you know, that's great. <laughs> so, we're, you know, I'm not saying I don't have any baggage. I still got something I'm carrying over here, probably baggage. You know, we all are, are a work in progress. I did not, I don't know, that must have been for somebody because I didn't really mean to just throw our family under the bus like that. Oh, culture. So, but, you know, in this house... You are creating a culture. Did you know culture is what you celebrate and what you tolerate? So in this house, in this immediate family, I want to encourage you to really get intentional about your culture as a church family. And then at your home, get intentional about your home culture. At a, a, a problem at our home culture is we talk about the church all the time, 24-7. We're, we live and breathe about our church. These people, the re, they, they probably don't go, uh, uh, I mean, they just, it's just, it's all about you. You have no idea how much this couple loves you and lives every minute of their life for you. So be nice to them. And, you know, and just, yes, amen. There, see, you got some, you got some lovers. You got to, you know, there's always going to be a few haters. That's when you just turn Taylor Swift up and jam. 
And then you just like, in Jesus' name, and you just say, you know what? Uh, but like, no, let's watch the culture because the culture that we create in our homes, we as long as we make the culture, again, not about our name, but about his name then there is a culture of love in our homes, right? And, and a culture of grace. And so that, like, like I said, you know, when, when, we're, when we don't get it right, then there's a culture of teachability, right? And just like, guys, that, you know, Kevin and I say a lot, we're like, guys, that, that wasn't right. That wasn't, we shouldn't have been talking like that about them. You know, they hurt us, and we don't like that they left, you know, or whatever, or we don't like the way that they, you know, did this or that. But, like, then we just go back and, and, and repent and admit. Admit it and quit it, as my husband says. He's like, man, I, he's not a great counselor. He doesn't really like counseling. I don't mind. I love counseling with people and stuff. He's like, this is my counseling for you. Admit it and quit it. <laughs> Let's go. We got a job to do. We got a world to win for Jesus, right? So, um, but... So the third part, though, and and really this kind of brings it all in, uh, brings it all together. The third part of getting over your baggage is this right here. It is the great reversal. We need to, you know, some of us, all of our life, we've kind of gone this direction in our thinking. We've gone this direction in our behavior, in our, in our uh, habits. It's the great reversal. And you know what? That only happens through renewing our mind with the word, right? Romans 5, 8. Let's, uh, let's look at that together. Romans 5, verse 8. I love Romans. Romans is awesome. Romans 5, verse 8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so that is the great reversal, right? Is when Jesus, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And so he demonstrated his love. And so the great, the, the how to the great reversal is that God demonstrates his love. And so then, then we, when we demonstrate our love toward our family, Toward people in our lives, when we did, love is only really love when it's demonstrated, right? We've all heard the cliche, love is a verb. But it's so true. It's so true. Love is only really love when it's demonstrated. You know, Jesus didn't just say, I'm pray, I'll be praying for you. I'll be, you know, but he literally died on the cross. He showed them his love. And so in our homes, as we're, uh, you know, creating this culture in our homes and in this house, um, what would it look like to demonstrate his love with each other? You know what it looks, it looks like little, you know, I think we over-spiritualize so many things, even in our own personal families, we over-spiritualize, but like it, I, I think people have the wrong idea. I tell my husband, like, I just don't want people to think that my, our family sits around and reads the Bible together all the time. Because we don't, do we? Ugh, we try. And we, and we want to. And we, and we mean to. And we hear these amazing preachers that, you know, get up at 5 a.m. Ugh, I just, that's not godly. No, I mean, I'm sure it is. But like, 5 a.m. You know, I just can't do that. But like, I'm, 
we're I'm I'm in a house full of musicians. Enough said. There's lots of late nights at our house, and so. But what we've uh, what we've done is when we we don't do it every week because we travel a lot. But on Saturday mornings when we're home, I try to fix a big pancake breakfast, and that's demonstrating love because I know that they all love pancakes. So I, that's love. I'm trying to show love. Is I make a pancake breakfast, and we all go to our we call it a white room. We don't know why we call it a white room because the walls are green, but we're just weird. Like our our house doesn't have like a living room, a dining room. It has an atrium. It has a white room. It has a TV room. And it just has weird names for rooms. But anyway, that doesn't really matter. But, but so we go to the white room that's green and we sit in there and we just, we just talk. We have a little devotion and we have a little devotion together every Saturday morning that we can. So that's part of the culture in our house. And so at least it's something you know, and you might be way more spiritual than that and do it every single morning. We sent our kids to private Christian school and they did it for us every, every single morning because they were more, those teachers are morning people while we're at home yelling at our kids, right? No, just, I, but, um, so, <laughs> so anyway, but so the third key to overcoming your baggage is focusing on demonstrating love. And so I got off there, but like, you know, another way that so that talks about that's how we demonstrate our love to our kids. You know, it's great. Our kids demonstrate their love to us by washing dishes like all the time. <laughs> Garrison's like, I am going to marry a girl that washes dishes, that loves to wash dishes. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. So he's like, I hate dishes. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> so, but you know what? But that's love because love is sacrificial. So really what's probably going to happen is he's probably going to marry a girl who hates to wash dishes and he has to sacrificially wash dishes to show love. Isn't that what God does to us? You know, no, not India, not Africa. Okay, let's go to Africa, <laughs> right? But like, no, just, but love is demonstrated. That's the point. But, and back to kind of what we were talking to, about in the beginning. So why is rejection our greatest fear? Did you know rejection is really like our greatest fear as humanity? Like it's one of our greatest fears. And do you know why? Because like I said earlier, we were created to, for connection. We were created for family. Rejection is the opposite of family. Family is supposed to be safe, right? Home is supposed to be a place that you can go where there's safety. So when there's abuse there and when there's unrest and when there's yelling or, you know, or just, you know, that, that, because God created us for family. So it's always been about family, like we said. And so here's the thing. When fear and rejection move in, we hide. That's when we hide behind our baggage. And so back to the culture uh, you know, one thing that we learned in our church is when we stopped leading out of fear, we would lead people in such a way as the pastors where we would, we knew that God was calling us to make this change or to make this, or to go this direction. We knew, oh, we knew we were in prayer. We knew for sure that God is calling us to go this direction, but out of fear of losing people, we just kept, you know, kind of like tiptoeing around 
Like my house, like I said, we're kind of yellers. Like, so my, I come from a yelling family. My husband comes from a tiptoe around passive aggressive family. That's like, you know, we yell at each other. We might cuss you out and then we're like good and hugging and, and kissing and loving and we're all good, you know, in like 15 minutes. But we just yelled and da 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 I'm not, that's not good. I'm not saying it's good. But like, that's what I kind of come from. Like, Kevin, you, did you see the big fat Greek wedding? That's my family. Like when we were, when we were dating, we would be at the department store at Dillard's or something. And I'd go, hey, babe, I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom. And Kevin would like hide under the clothes like I don't know her. You know, because, like, I'm just, we don't, that's just us. This is us, right? And so, but then his family is, like, tiptoe and out of fear. And so um, my point is when you have a culture of, of fear, but really both of those cause fear. Because this, my, this wasn't safe either. Because you don't know when you're going to get cussed out the next few minutes, right? And then this wasn't safe either because... You don't really know what they're really saying and if they're, you know, if they're just going to put x in your brownies, you know, or what, you know, that passive aggressive thing, you know, but like, I mean, not, I, I'm exaggerating both extremes. We both have amazing families. If you're listening to this on recorded, uh, we, be, we both, <laughs> we both come from, I'm just, you know, that's a major exaggeration. And then another made nobody put like x in anybody's brownies. Now, my big sister in college did do that for a boyfriend. That's where I got that idea. But um, that was an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough ride to Texas. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Lord Jesus, come back. <laughs> come back. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, you know, isn't it great that we can just have, see, this is also part of being family is just laughing in church. We need to loosen up and like, just get real, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so, because this is what love is. This is love is being a little bit vulnerable with each other. You know, I just shared some vulnerable type stories, uh, very vulnerable. Uh, but you know, but that's what love is. That's what we crave. That's what we need. That's what it's really all about. That's why there's all this, you know, these troubles with all the fame and the, and you know, you can get all the stuff. You can get all the stuff and it's still not enough because what we really need is connection. And I love that sign back there. As I just realized it says connect. I guess that's the connect area where, and so, um, so who in here today, this is my question to you, who in here wants to connect to love himself this morning? Amen. Amen. So I just want to just, uh, I totally didn't do what we had talked about with the video and all that. We'll do that in just a minute. Uh, the media booth's probably like, hello, um, because we had this whole plan. But don't you love it? When you make a plan, you need to be diligent to make a plan, but you also need to to stay focused on his plan. If he wants to come and interrupt our plan, he can, but that's not a cop-out to not have a plan and not, you know, be ready for the plan. But, but if at this time, I just want to just uh, have every eye, every head bowed and every eye closed And I just want to ask you a question. Do you feel like you are connected to love himself? And and if you don't, 
I just want to give everybody an opportunity this morning that would say, you know what, I, I need to connect with Jesus in a way. This, this today has, uh, has let me see that I'm not connected. And this is the, the biggest connection that you can make is with Jesus. And that is going to make everything better. So who in here would just, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would just slip up your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come up front. But it just if you just slip up your hand and just say, yes, I want to connect with Jesus today. I want to give my heart to the Lord. Awesome. Who else? Yes, I see that. Awesome. Three, four. Who else? Yes, I want to, I want to connect with Christ. I want to make it about his name and not my name anymore. I've been making it about my name. I've been trying to do things in my own strength, but I want to I want to make a decision to go forward today. I see that. That's five. Who else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Awesome. You can look up at me now. Like they said that they've got a connect table in the back. So the way I'm, I was going to just ask you to do this today is if you raised your hand, what this is kind of something we do at our church. We ask you to follow up on yourself. And we don't want to embarrass you. You may not want to come up front or anything like that. But there are five of you that should be headed back to the connect table. And, and there'll be people back there, I'm sure, that can pray with you and, that, um, and just uh, and give you your next step. Because guess what? We are all on this journey together. And we all have a next step. I have a next step that I'm taking right now. And you have a next step. So let this church family, you just joined, a, you, you just joined the family of God. We're going to pray a prayer, and when we say amen to this prayer, you are going to have a new family with no baggage. Amen? So let's pray. Say this after me. Uh, just let's all pray it together so that these won't feel alone. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I give you my heart. I give you my baggage, and I leave it at the cross. I trust you with my life. I'm asking you to call the shots. Jesus, be my Lord. I will no longer make it be about my name. This life I live will be all about glorifying your name. I give you the lordship of my life. You set the culture of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I, those five people, yes, give them a hand. Those, those five people are going to walk out of here so much lighter than they walked in. And I believe the rest of us will too. Because I just think that, I think that today we got some tools from the Word of God that's going to help us overcome and live above our baggage. Isn't that right? Don't you, do you agree with me about that? Are you going to take this word and just renew your mind with this word this week? Go back over it. And so I want to just share a couple things. I do have a few videos and things to share with you and pictures um, at this time. Just as an example, uh, just a little bit, of, I was going to tell my story early on, but just kind of the Holy Spirit, I think, led us a different way. But as some of you know, I, I, I did. I dealt with depression, and I didn't even really know it. I went to, I finally made myself, humbled myself as a pastor's wife from the faith movement to go to a psychologist. And I thought, I'm going to get a diagnosis. I, I just need to see what's going on with me. 
And you know what I was told? I was told that I had a minor case of major depression. And that's when I realized I'm okay. It, what is a minor case of major depression? And you paid how much money for that degree? And like, so I'm like, and I, and you're telling me I need medicine? No. Okay. So like, no, anyway. So, but for real, for real, FRFR. Um, so really, here's what happened. I just went to God and I said, God, I want to be happy. And he said, I want you to be happy. I said, no, you don't with my attitude. Addie's my nickname and I can get an attitude. My husband says every now and then. Imagine that. I said, no, you don't. You just want me to have joy, whatever that is. And he said nothing because he doesn't, you know, a fool answers a fool. And I was being a fool. He already had told me he wanted me to be happy. So I just felt led in my heart to Google it. That's what you would have done, right? Google the word happy. Either God or Google. One of them knows everything. <laughs> I'm kidding. God knows everything. Google knows almost everything. But like, I Googled the word happy and y'all on that screen and then my story about more detail is in the book, but on that screen in that hotel room in Miami, um, where I was alone, where I was thinking about ending it all or driving to Texas and changing my name because I didn't think I could take it anymore. Even with an amazing family that I had and that, that is why I did not is because of these boys, because of my family. And I just, again, cause it's all about family. And I thought, I can't do that to them. That would be, that would be selfish of me. And I, but I just really, you know, when you get in so much deception, you, you start believing that they would be better off without you because you, you just stink so bad. I was going to say other, but, um, but you know, and I just, and I was like, God, I just want to be happy. I, I think about dying every day. I wish I could die like every day because I just think everybody would be better if I did. That's how bad I had gotten off. And I've been to three Bible schools, all faith Bible schools. So this was not something that a pastor's wife should ever admit to, for one thing. Um, and so, but this is what it said when I Googled the word happy. It said enjoying joy. It said enjoying being marked by or showing satisfaction, pleasure, or joy. And it was like when I read that whole definition, it was like enjoying joy just popped out in red letters. Two scriptures came to mind. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And then the other scripture, I have given you all things richly to enjoy. So that day, I got permission from God to be happy. And I found out that it matters to my Lord and Savior if I'm happy or not. And not just to have joy and make it through the, the crap, but that he really wants me to have joy and live in joy and walk in joy. Even if my husband left me, even if he made, even if, because we were fighting, we, we were like, that wasn't a good year for our marriage. We were, we were kind of struggling a little bit. And I was like starting to get in fear because, you know, but perfect love casts out fear. So I started imagining this stuff that never was even going to happen. That's what the devil wants to do. I was afraid that we were going to become a public spectacle. We're going to ruin our family and, and another preacher who falls or whatever. And then just this, the devil was just like something that wasn't even happening. But he does that. He's deceiver, right? If, you're, if you weren't deceived, you would know it. So anyway, so this, uh, what I'm telling, the only reason I tell you that real quick as we're closing is because God took me out of my baggage and then I am, doing, I am by faith doing a great reversal. And I'm going to take what he meant to kill me. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life helping women find their happy. 
Amen. So if you'll watch this video real quick and just see how, and I want this to inspire you that whatever situation you're in, he can take you from where you were headed and do a great reversal in your life. So if you'll just take a look at the screens. tonight that was from Wednesday night but anyway and there's another there's a, a, a slide that they're going to show you right now awesome so this is our happy conference that we do every fall and if you have a smartphone if you'll just text the word HG19 to 31996 real quick get out your smartphone everybody get out I should see everybody moving get out your smartphone everybody's got a smartphone or borrow somebody's if you got a flip phone from 20 years ago, like my dad does. But HG19 to 31996, and it'll get you the information you need to register for Happy Girl 19. And I'm praying that y'all will bring just van loads of women down and, and hang out with us on the Gulf Coast, the beautiful Gulf Coast, uh, September 20th and September 21st. So if you'll uh, just text HG19 to 31996, and I've got three minutes left, and I'm going to use them. Uh, and so then they've got another video to show you for Embassy I of Hope. Love India. And this is what we do God in India. God loves India. It's the most abundant harvest field on the planet today, soon to surpass even China in population. India is filled with the most unreached people groups in the world, including the largest unreached people group in the world. India. She seeks for God, but still, she gropes in the darkness. But for the last two decades, so many people have been faithfully sowing seeds of life and love into this land of darkness. Many faithful, generous people have partnered with me, Kevin Cooley, and our team, and have helped us to train Bible school students, plant hundreds of churches, rescued dozens of children from human trafficking and from abject poverty. And together we have won an estimated 500,000 souls for Jesus. And yet in spite of this abundant fruit, there is an ocean of humanity there yet to be reached. And I believe that what God has done in China, he will soon do in India but greater. Look at all this so how people. can we ignore 1.3 billion souls? I don't think we can. God can't. So with that in mind, it's virtually impossible to overinvest in India. I don't think you can support too many missionaries in this nation. And we have a strategy to expand and advance God's kingdom in India. I believe that this strategy will continue to ignite a movement and mobilize a generation to fulfill the Great Commission in India and beyond. God has asked me to plant seven strategic bases of operation in the seven major language zones of India. 
One's already functioning in a rented facility in South India. And we have just paid off three acres of land in Northeast India where we will build our second base. Now, each of these power bases that we will build will contain a local church, a regional Bible school, and facilitate some form of social justice like rescuing children, feeding the hungry. Those are our orphans in Northeast India. Thousands of children that must be rescued and reached. And I believe they're the future church planters of India. Our current project need about $250,000 to build this next base. And like I said, we've already paid off the land. Praise God. I believe that each of these bases can reach an estimated 1 million people. Now tell me that's not an eternal reward on your temporary investment. And that's just it. We are investing for eternity. We're planting a legacy. We're empowering the people of India to reach their own people with the gospel. Because you see, that is our calling to help them fulfill theirs. So, would you partner with us? Our goal is to win a billion souls and to train a million leaders. I know that sounds big, but Jesus will have his harvest. So let's not make him wait for the next generation to get it. Together, we can reach them today. $250,000 is our goal for this project. It's been 25 years and we just bought our first land. We're so excited. We paid cash for it and now we're ready to build. And we have 50000 of that 200000 uh, and so uh, they're going to put up a slide of our strategy that we feel like the Lord gave us for this. And we've all, and these are pouring in. So I want you to get out your smartphone again. Um, two, 200 partners is our goal of $20 a month. Anybody can do that if you just really try hard to sacrifice a few Starbucks. That's the hardest part. But $20 a month. Uh, 200 partners, we believe in. Two, 20 partners to partner with us for $200 a month. We've got a couple of those already. And then 200 partners for one-time $1,000 donations. And we've got a few of those already as well. And so the building project goal now is 200000 because, we've, like I said, we've got the 50 and we need 200 more. If you'll put up the next slide, guys, thank you so much. You guys are amazing back there. The one about the text, um, the text, the number... Cooley India. So what you do is, is get out your smartphone if you want. And, and this is how we're doing the book table. Uh, if you bought things already before service, then this will be gravy. If you want to become a partner with Embassy of Hope, they've got another slide. It's uh, text Cooley India to three one. What is it? Three one nine nine six. Yep. So, so if you'll get your smartphone out and then you just bring the, your phone back and show us that you can get anything you want off the table for free. And uh, so anything you want. So just text uh, Cooley India to 31996. And even if you can do $10, get to, you know, you do 10, somebody else does 10, that equals one partner of 20. So, uh, but you can still get anything you want off the table, even if you partner for $5 a month. But whatever you partner, just partner any, you would not imagine uh, how much that goes a long way because that's just, it's amazing. We can, uh, we can train a laborer for I think it's 360 or four, three, I think about $340 a, a year 
trains a laborer in that country. So, um, so anyway, so we just appreciate your partnership and we just appreciate this moment that you shared with me today and, and let me be a part of your amazing church. You guys are precious. I love you. Thank you so much. And if you'll just do that and then come back, you can get whatever you want off the table for free. Thanks so much. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.